gosh. Well, it's the end of the year, Jeff, and it's also the beginning of season two. I can't believe we made it to season two of No Show. This coming year, we are going to talk about all kinds of things that are really interesting to us and probably not interesting to anyone else in the world, and I love it. Oh, I almost forgot. This is No Show. I'm Matt Brown, and this is Jeff Borman. Jeff, how are you? Hey, welcome, Matt. Uh, Welcome to season two. Because it's the end of the year, and we've been kind of mapping out what we're going to do over the next year, it's like, well, okay, Jeff, what are we going to talk about? It's like, well, we could do holiday travel. Everybody's talking about that. We could do kind of Thanksgiving highlights. We could do trends for 2023. Boring, boring, boring. So we decided to just do a grab bag of things that we liked for the year. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Jeff, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? You want me to get the ball rolling? Get it rolling. I'll start off really light with my most ridiculous travel phrase of the year. And for me, it was revenge travel, revenge tourism. I need to take revenge. And I just lamented as I as I saw it in all these stories. You actually started seeing it a little bit in 2021, but really, really hit the mainstream this year. The Economist ran a thing on it. The Times had it. I think it was and- invented in China, isn't the term. It really was China right as the very beginnings of lockdown were letting up about two years ago. Uh, and it was a marketing term for uh, that some of the Chinese travel sites were using. The irony, of course, is two years later, it's China remains the most locked down country. Uh, it's still from COVID. But yeah, it was definitely a term. And it's been around for two years. It just made its way back or you know across the Pacific sometime about 18 months ago. And you're right, really caught on as people got tired of being cooped up. Uh, somehow Americans adopted it. I mean, the phrase, for those of you who haven't heard it, it, it refers to a traveler's desire to cough up cash or willingness to cough up cash after being in lockdown for so long. Do we have to have angry language and everything? I guess in today's political and, and corporate environment, we do. But I was like, uh, I'll, I'll be glad when that phrase kind of goes the way of the dodo and we maybe get back to something more more positive. Yeah, okay, so, here, so here's mine. Uh, the most ridiculous travel phrase of the year. And I don't think you can uh, box this into just 2022. But nothing makes me roll my eyes faster in travel than when I hear an airline say, you have a choice in travel. No, no American Airlines. No, 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 I don't. I have you, Delta, and United. Uh, the illusion of choice. I, the equivalent of this doesn't quite connect, but things <laughs> I always resent is whenever I see car ads, you know, for Nissan, Jeep, and it's like how much you're a rebel if you buy their car because you are taking off from the office park and you're headed out to Bryce Canyon National Park. My, my One of my favorites, I don't remember the manufacturer, uh, but it's an electric vehicle uh, ad. But the same thing, they're going out into the middle of nowhere. Uh, and it's the electric vehicle. It's going to get you there in an environmentally conscious way so that when you get there, Matt, you'll feel good about how you got there. Problem is, you're probably not getting home. Because there's not a charging station unless I'm unless I'm driving to Jackson Hole or you know some fancy town in the middle of nowhere. There's yeah, not there's a no way outside of that national park. Good luck. Yep. So, uh, most gratifying travel news from just a pure comfort standpoint. I can't think back on 22 and not be most thankful about the day the masks were lifted from flying. It made flying 
And to me personally, and I know a lot of people still wear them. And again, as they say, when you board a plane, you know, it's your choice and respect everybody around you. And all that's 100% true. It's your choice. Do what you want. For me personally, uh, and since podcast people can't see me, uh, I do sport a beard. It was massively uncomfortable. So the day that thing was lifted, I could actually travel in comfort again. Okay. I'm teeing you up here. The best travel ad campaign of the year. This was a great year for travel ad creativity, I think. This one touched me personally, the Alaska Airline video uh, of them painting the Star Wars theme plane. Of course, I love the Star Wars theme, which was fun for me, but actually watching the process of the plane get painted was kind of cool. Did you see the one, Chicago Not in Chicago? Awesome campaign. So uh, the concept was experts in the history and architecture of Chicago. Uh, and the culture of Chicago, uh, went to places like Manhattan and rented like an open air bus, got a bunch of people, a bunch of local tourists, and must have been staged, but they put people on top of this bus and took them on a tour of Manhattan and told them all the things that were actually original from Chicago that Manhattan stole. Oh, that's really good. It was brilliant. And they went city by city doing this. And it's called Chicago, not in Chicago. And they recorded it, go on YouTube, find their ads and their videos. Brilliantly done. Oh, that is awesome. I'm going to check this out. And we will put that link in show notes. Uh, a couple other good ones. Uh, do you remember there was an Expedia Ewan McGregor ad that just gave me chills about the value? You and I have talked a lot about you know, what travel means to humanity and why we talk about this so passionately. Uh, there was a Ewan McGregor ad through Expedia that sent chills down my spine. It was so good. It made you, and I guess this is back to, you know, it wasn't that long ago that people were asking each other, is it okay to travel? And watching that ad was inspirational. Uh, All right, last one. There were so many good ads this year. Last one. Did you see Canada's unofficial museums? No. I need to get get my act together here. What was this? Really cool campaign. Uh, I don't know if the route was, uh, the origin and idea was about celebrating all of the museums in Ottawa. I think that might have been part of it. Uh, I think... On a bigger level, it might have had to do with the continued lockdown because Canada didn't open for indoor activity as quickly uh, as a lot of the countries and certainly not the U.S., which is their primary inbound market. Uh, So they opened up a really creative ad where it was called the Unofficial Museums. And uh, it's like, you know, here's a bridge in some place in Ottawa. Uh, and they call it the museum of, I can't even remember what, right? But it was just the history of this, this story of this little bridge. And they're like, yeah, that's a museum. It's the museum of something. And they kind of went around Ottawa. I wish I was, I could be more specific with it and identified all these museums. And it's like, come to Ottawa and our unofficial museum tour. It was a really cool, creative idea. My next one is uh, most interesting statistic of the year. And I have a runner up before I get to it. Both of these are pretty recent, but my my runner-up is the survey that was conducted by uh, Deloitte. And I found that uh, that U.S. travelers were adding an average of six days to their trips this year because of flexible work arrangements. And and I thought, wow, I thought that'd be way higher. (laughs) I thought that people, I thought it'd be like 14 days or 20 days. Uh, I'll be interested to see over the next couple of years how that that number goes up. Uh, But my favorite... Uh, statistic of the year was one that that has now been a couple of years in the running, but it's the most reliable airline. 
<laughs> and um, again, Nerd Wallet uh, did did a big thing on it, but but a bunch of different media sources picked up on this. And oftentimes, you know, people will take the Bureau of Transportation Statistics, which is a real bureau under Mayor Pete's uh, guidance in the federal government. They'll take some of those numbers and they will, you know, kind of create these lists about year and travel. You know, the airline that was the most reliable this year was Hawaiian Airlines. Uh, And NerdWallet goes on to say, you know, an airline's on-time percentage is is arguably the most important statistic for showing how well an airline performs. I know there are a lot of other factors that influence that, but Hawaiian's on-time percentage is 86%. That's amazing. And its cancellation percentage is less than 1%. It's like 0.81, which is also the number one um, stat. And then it also is at the top of mishandled luggage. They will only mishandle your luggage 0.28% of the time. Good for you, Hawaiian. This is incredible. In fairness to Delta for the on-time percentage, they came in only 2% less. They were like 84% uh, on time, which... Kind of got me thinking that the article didn't really go into this. Hawaiian is a little bit of a smaller system. You don't quite have as many routes as you do uh, with, say, Delta or American United. I also want to give credit to, to Delta for coming in at 84% on time, um, which I think for a carrier that massive uh, is, a, is, a, is quite the feat. What surprised me about the on-time percentage uh, was JetBlue. JetBlue, out of the majors, was the lowest. They were 65% on time. And I thought, that's so strange because JetBlue, you know, there was there was a time not too long ago in our lives when that brand kind of represented uh, the, this kind of new wave, this next generation of carriers. I mean, they're down there. They're below Spirit. They're below Frontier. They're below Southwest. They are, uh, I think they had a real, real struggle this year. So I'm hoping they'll get their act together. I wonder how much of that really is weather related, right? I mean, you're flying in and out of Hawaii, uh, at least the segment that touches the islands should be very predictable and reliable because the weather is always so perfect. Whereas Jet Balloon, they're cursed with being based uh, in you know airports like Logan. You're on time arrival departure out of Logan. Uh, you just don't stand a chance competing with Kona. They're probably flying a bunch of just direct routes, so it's you're you're not doing a ton of transfers. I'm, I'm sure you are, maybe when you get to the islands, you can transfer out of Honolulu and go to Maui or something like that. But but you know, so so many of their routes are or the major routes are L.A., San Francisco, Seattle, Vegas to Hawaii. So it's a, it's point to point. That said, don't want to take anything away from Hawaiian. Doing a great job. I just uh, maybe there's some lessons learned in there for some of the people further down the further down the path. So uh, let me ask you a different question. Then. Most valuable or just favorite travel tool of the year. And you're not allowed to pander to our old guests at Hopper. We'll get, we, OK, give me your answer first, because I have one, but it's analog. Well, so I'm actually, not sure. My, my, my answer is also the opposite of favorite. <laughs> now, the, the le- my least favorite. Uh, have you heard of Airside? Have you been forced to use that to get through TSA? No. It's mainly an American Airlines sponsored deal. Nope. It never works. TSA doesn't know how to use it. You got to go through the process of downloading the app, giving them unrealistic amounts of personal data and uh, copies of your passport and your state ID and your Vax cards, and you're. I mean, you got to upload all this stuff into who knows, you know, probably terrible cybersecurity sites. And uh, when you're done with giving 
all of this over to airside, uh, it doesn't even work. Uh, I have yet to see in about 10 attempts, a TSA agent that would accept it every single time. They're like, can you just give me the boarding pass and an ID? <laughs> After all that, yeah. Right. That's where we are. My favorite tool, this is not an endorsement. We did not get paid for this. Trust me, I wish we got paid. My favorite travel tool is probably the Chase Sapphire card. It gets us into a ton of lounges. You get a, a ton of points back uh, that we can use towards airfare and hotel. I've messed with a lot of cards before, but it's the one that gives us easily the best benefits. Um, let's see here. Okay, Jeff. Best travel company acquisition of 2022. Oh, the airline attempts ended up being not very interesting. You know, the whole, that whole spirit frontier jet blue. Uh, American Express purchasing Egencia. That's a very quiet big deal uh, in the way of business travel. What was the nature of it? What happened? So American Express Travel Services, at least this part of it, I don't know if they're the biggest player, but they are a gigantic player in TMCs, which is a travel management company managing business travel. So uh, when your company says, you know, I'm going to send you to wherever for business, uh, you don't usually go book right through the hotel website or the airline website, you go to your travel management tool that is provided by your travel department. I mean, and, and it might be a big company thing, but they do represent the biggest companies in travel. And so if you're not included in that travel portal, then you're not even presented to that company's travelers. So uh, American Express is one of the largest players in, in that space. Uh, Expedia had a significant role in that space as well. And the company was called Ingencia. And Expedia essentially said, uh, we're going to give up on that part. Uh, let somebody who's bigger, better, and focused take that. And they sold that to American Express. And I think it came with a little bit of tech. Uh, so Expedia got themselves out of the world of business travel, more or less. Uh, and they made a big player even bigger. My last one is uh, a little bit offbeat. It's the most engaging YouTube rabbit hole when it comes to travel. And this has no relevance to anybody's travel plans for the next year, but it is enjoyable and informative. And I encourage you to at least take a sampling of it. It's a bunch of old video clips from a longtime British uh, journalist named Alan Wicker. Uh, that's W-H-I-C-K-E-R. And he was on TV for decades over there. We don't know him as well here, even though some of his specials did air in the United States in the 60s and 70s. But he was uh, kind of the, the original um, uh, lifestyles of the rich and famous type, type interviewer. Like he jets at all over. He was the ultimate Englishman in, in, a, in a foreign place. That said, he he had some really interesting, insightful, long-form episodes on um he, he did a great one on on Houston, Texas in the like late 60s, early 70s, I think, called A Gun is a Funny Animal. He did multiple episodes uh in California, including one of the last interviews with Peter Sellers about just California life, the idea of liberation in California, what it represents. One last one that I've watched a couple of times. It's actually a, it's an episode called uh, "Nothing Is Utopia." This comes pretty close, which is Englishmen, uh, English uh, citizens kind of living in America, uh, and then another one called "Living with Uncle Sam," 
in which he interviews a uh, like a British poker player living in Las Vegas. He comes back to places like Miami and Las Vegas and California often, I think, to gawk a little bit, but then also to uh, to have a, a unique insight uh, at, at an interesting time. Matt, what subject are you most looking forward to tackling in 23 on No Show? I am curious for us to expand our thinking and discussion into broader trends of how travel is changing. Plenty of reportage of that all over, but I think uh, I think there's some fertile ground for us to talk about how human beings are are moving around. What about you? Uh, first, I like that take on it that uh, there's more than enough coverage on what's tra- changing in travel and uh, kind of parsing that out into once you've read the 48 articles in the last quarter on the way travel is changing, uh, what are the real themes there? From article to article, filler to filler, source to source, uh, what's real? At the end of every one of our episodes, uh, I ask Jeff a question. He's never heard it before. It's right before uh, the holidays. And uh, so this one is holiday appropriate. Jeff, I'm looking for stocking stuffers for the travel enthusiast in my life. What is something that uh, you would recommend as a gift? Mm, See, I got it. Finally. It only took a year. A very boring answer. The first thing that comes to mind, my earbuds. I cannot travel without them. I tried once accidentally, which means I didn't actually try to. I just left them behind. What do you think about the argument of taking wired uh, headphones with you? Because your batteries on uh, on earbuds are going to run out. Okay. Okay. You're just going to you're just going to ride it. Ride it through, man. Yeah. Uh, I, I will say though, you know, you question poses an element to it that I have not done trans-Pacific flight since wireless has been my choice. All of a sudden you go 14 hours. That's a real consideration, right? Right. Now you'll now you'll have to buy four sets of wireless earbuds. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if I uh, let people share my... <laughs> Great. That's it. That's all, all I need. Today. Actually, you know, uh, this has changed travel for me, even though I don't think people really think of it in in terms of being a travel item. I have a pair of Allbirds, straight black on black, and those have become my go-to travel shoes. Uh, They are great for uh, TSA, right? They don't set anything off. They're easy. If you have to, they're easy on them. They are so easily packable because you can squash them. Uh, If they get dirty with travel, you can throw them in a washer. And if you go black on black, like I do, you can wear them both uh, without traveling with separate workout shoes. And you can use them for casual shoes. Wear them with jeans. Wear them with They're the perfect travel shoe. Well, let me say this. They are the best travel shoe I've ever had. We are doing a ton of endorsements. I guess it's I guess it's the holiday season. So it's a, it's a lot of product. We need sponsors. I know. Yeah. Let me call out, call, call all birds and, and see what they say. I rarely step on your question here, but I am going to throw one in uh, another stocking stuffer, but a Sea uh, to Summit wet dry bag. They're cheap. Uh, you can get them in a bunch of different sizes. Uh, they pack down really light. They're perfect for uh, like wet clothes, uh, damp, clothes, dirty clothes. Um, it's just a great way to kind of have another bag with you that's really durable. Uh, if you end up kind of going adventuring, uh, like especially if you go out like on a kind of rafting or something or canoeing, they're perfect for that too. They're just so versatile. Mm-hmm. And you can get like a little 20 liter one, something like that for like 20 bucks, 25 bucks. And I always carry 
a little wet, dry bag, kind of hiking bag with me. Even if you're just going to another city, you know, going to a conference or something, it just always, always comes in handy. So Jeff, it's been great. And season two has started and I will see you in the new year. Thank you.